0: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Cody Carlson is an NFL quarterback. He was one for seven years. I Played on a lot of really good Houston Oilers teams, and that's how I knew him. I also got to know him during this sit-down. Not only the ins and the outs and the stories inside of the locker room from the NFL, but also what he's doing now with top-flight athletes in Central Texas and NIL deals in major college sports that we see all around. It's a super interesting conversation. He's a really compelling guy, and there was a lot to talk about on and off the field. Cody Carlson. you you were talking about your the stuff you're doing a, nil now yeah with baylor and how well first of all what exactly are you doing I, i'm so interested in this right. because it's it's hard to, to understand for the average person i think the average fan as to what nil is and yeah. people like you that are supporting the students
1: boy i yeah so the the program that is housed, that, that is right for Baylor or was, you know, um, we believed was more of a student-athlete development program than it was a um, becoming an agent and trying to go out and get deal flow. Mm-hmm. Part of that is, is the, the market that we're in. Part of that is the, uh, the mission of Baylor. Um, and it's also just kind of resonant with what we wanted to do, which is more of a mentoring um, kind of baseline on up. Of you know, entrepreneurship, money management, um, just kind of more of an advisory role. And it also benefited startup Waco to have that partnership with student athletes because it, it gives them a bigger profile in the community. At a time where, you know, they're really trying to support entrepreneurs of all types. Yeah. Minority women owned businesses, also emerging high growth businesses, you know, really trying to help. Stabilize the fabric of you know economics so that Waco can you know kind of grow up in its, you know, in its
0: different sectors. And it's funny too when you look at when you look at the Big Twelve and you look at Mm -hmm. Baylor. I mean, the success, right? Men's, women's, the football team, you know, women's volleyball, all the way down the line. There is money to be made by by, by these student athletes. They are high profile, you know, they're 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 high profile people and athletes. I was talking yesterday. Did the the Baylor game uh, women's basketball against Maryland? Mm-hmm. You know, Jade Owens has two hundred and fifty thousand uh, Instagram followers. Right. I said to co- I was doing the game with Jim Haller. I said, Coach, that's two hundred and fifty thousand more than you and I. <laughs> you know, but but there is that pool there, and sure. so you you guys are taking them through that or, yeah. or helping them, yeah, yeah, dig in. Yeah. Into it? So
1: we you know we basically activate uh, nil uh, kind of value exchange to where their benefit to Startup Waco is certainly being another, um, another uh, potential business that comes in to Startup Waco for services. Mm-hmm. Startup Waco is a nonprofit, and so we can raise funds for that to be able to activate these students, to, to be involved both in our marketing, but also in the programs that, that are, have been tested and in, in true uh, at Startup Waco. You know, and and that's been around um, entrepreneurship. Yeah. And then, um, you know, as it kind of expands out from there, it's more of the uh, views with partnership, other nonprofits, charitable organizations. And so being able to have a relationship with those student athletes to give them what, you know, an idea what the future might bring Mm -hmm. uh, when they transition out of sport or even the opportunity that they have on social media platforms to be able to you know sponsor or endorse or whatever the case now we're not an agent so yeah. we don't do the actual deals uh-huh. but being a nonprofit we can actually activate uh,
0: and you guys are directly connected with Baylor
1: uh, we well we're not directly connected okay. we we have um, we have built our program kind of with the understanding of what what dovetails into what Baylor's already doing yeah. with these student athletes which they do a great job at Baylor under Mac Rhodes, Mm -hmm. of developing character, uh, developing leadership tracks, and even giving them a baseline of understanding of kind of what their future looks like?
0: It's the real deal. It's, I, I, somebody from the Northeast and have been around sports and pro sports, these kids are, they're authentic. They're genuine, yeah. and it starts with, yeah. with uh, and I sound like I'm doing a plug. I'm not. It starts with Mac Roads, <laughs> and it oh, goes man. all the on down. If you meet Dave Veranda, or you yeah. meet Nikki Collin, and you meet people around those programs, and of course Scott Drew. Yeah, these are special people with with special kids playing they, for them. They really are. Yeah.
1: and you know, with with you know, there was a survey, and, and maybe everyone knows about this already, but U.S. News and World Report, or whatever stock you put in that, um, you know, they. Um, they came out with a top 10 most trusted university list and Baylor was on that top 10 in the in the United States and and a big reason for that I think is the way that the sports programs interface with the public mm-hmm. right that that they see the leadership uh that they've seen how Baylor has handled difficulties
0: oh, yeah um, I mean there's been a couple difficult sure, situations yeah, sure and I yeah. think
1: what comes through is that you know Baylor's mission really is real and it really is real to the the people that that come there um, they they have a um, you know a great opportunity to continue with you know the strength of their sports to really represent that mission in the public. and so you know what you do get a chance to see is the student athletes as you interact with them mm-hmm. as you have and as we have, and how genuine they are and how um, you know they're they're just learning the right values. a lot of them already had those values when they came here, but but at the same time, it's just kind of solidifying that as the is the right way to approach things, um, and so it's really been a pleasure. To and be some of them, them that around. don't,
0: uh, maybe they didn't, they don't have those those traits coming in. They're on the right track yeah. to getting them. It's really oh, yeah. cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think that you know, just you know, the beauty of sports, and you mm-hmm. you understand this as well, having played them, is that it it um, it brings into your awareness that we need one another. Yes. Right. 100 percent we were teammates that we yeah. need one another it doesn't mm-hmm. matter the race it doesn't matter the socioeconomics we learn that dependency upon one another and and the different places that we have on a team different skills that are that yeah. are represented and that carries forward in in um, in our life and in society which i think is a is a tremendous thing and something that we certainly need at this day and Day and
0: age. All right, so we got we got Cody Carlson after football right there, and I want to talk about <laughs> Cody Carlson playing football. You you yeah. grow up. You were born in Dallas, but you grew up in the San Antonio area. That's right. And you go to Churchill High School, yeah. and I think you were like thirty. Let me look here. Thirty-one and five. Your yeah. high school team was. Wow. Okay. What's it like? How quickly do you grow up? Because people from where I'm from are always curious about you know Texas high school football. How mm-hmm. quickly do you grow up playing quarterback? for a good Texas high school well, football Well, yeah, team. I mean,
1: today, it's much different, right? I mean, as, as far as just the skills that the that the um, athletes have, the, the size, the strength, the speed, the skills, all of that is different. But comparatively, right, um, alongside maybe some, you know, a couple of other states, I mean, it was a big, big deal And Yeah, I mean, the, the, the pressure certainly so, hasn't
0: changed. The no, passion I, hasn't changed. You could say it was even more so back then.
1: Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it, it was something for me. I just always loved, I loved sports. I loved teammates. There's not, now I'm sure there were days when I didn't want to practice, but I don't remember those. Uh, I remember wanting to be out there and be around, you know, in that atmosphere of camaraderie and, and uh, competition. And so that, you know, certainly was part of that was just looking to the future. When I was a young person looking at Churchill High School, which had already had success and was kind of the preeminent, School at that time in um, did they recruit you to San go there? Or did, <laughs> did they? No, they. Uh, didn't Come recruit. on, this is Texas. So my now. Da- no, my dad was a a, a big sports fan. He okay. was a he was my little league coach. He was very involved. Um, and so he when he was transferred or took a new job in San Antonio, he was looking around at the schools that were. Gotcha. Okay. You know where he wanted his son to play sports, and so my dad drove that a little bit early on. Uh, But I but I love sports as well. And so when I became old enough to know responsibility, it became my thing and not his. Um, But it was uh, it was a great I mean, we had a great coaching staff, men that were much like the uh, the coaches that you'll find um, at Baylor that really, really do care about the whole person. Realize that this is just a window of opportunity for them to influence people. And man, we had great leadership. Uh, some of the toughest coaches are are my friends today, even though I didn't think that was ever yeah. going to be possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it, it was it, a great right?
0: experience. What, when you were there uh, at Churchill, did you have a moment, or a, uh, it's tough to say a play, but was yeah. there a period of time where you were like, "Man, I'm I'm a cut above. I I, I am
1: uh, never not, never really <laughs> never." And it, and it was it, you know maybe inherent to me was my looking at you know, perfection is the model. Uh-huh. And maybe it was just a natural insecurity to where I'm, I remember even leaving my driveway on the way to Baylor University, telling my dad that I didn't know if I could play at the next level. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, go find out. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that was kind of the, I mean, I, I, knew, um, I knew that, you know, we were winning ball games and I was playing well, um, but I'd never really compared it to that, you know, of, cut above anyone else and I you know found out that I was you know on par was you know once I got to college with with some good pretty good talent yeah, including sure. my teammate Tom Mickey who I split, split I, I, I'm
0: about to get to that I you know I didn't I didn't know that and and I was doing some uh some digging and yeah. well before we get into your career at Baylor did you grow up having faith in your life whereas you know because we all have if you got spirituality, yeah. whatever religion you might be, yeah. You, you know, there's a way to quiet that dark passenger, yeah. right? That tells you, oh sure, you you suck. Yeah. You're not good enough. Yeah. Did did you have some of that growing up?
1: I I did and I, and I would say that I had a I would say both my parents were very values oriented and very moral. My mom's faith was stronger than any of the rest of us. Mm-hmm. But growing up and knowing that she was praying for us and that she was um, she was taking us to church. My dad found that I, I think really genuinely later in life, but he w- he was a very good man who who did grow up in a in a Christian household, but really probably didn't pursue that and didn't really um, wasn't aware of it as much until he got older. Great father though. Yeah. And so just the morals and then also then my own faith, you know, Mm -hmm. as a Christian understanding that what I what I was doing had some purpose to it, the way that I acted had some purpose to it. I mean, I didn't didn't fully trust in a experience at that point in time, but I did have this. This interest, and also had models before me Mm -hmm. that kind of yeah, Yeah. and it was attractive yeah,
0: Uh, so well, and you end up going to Baylor, you know, kind of a faith-based university. Mm -hmm. But your recruitment, what other schools recruited you? What were you close to any other schools?
1: Um, So yeah, interestingly, probably the the competition was Baylor and A and M. Okay, and so. Who was the coach
0: it? Um, was it Slocum? Or? So
1: No, it was before Slocum. Okay. It was Jackie Sherrill.
0: Jackie Sherrill, wow, okay. Yes,
1: and, and so there's a little bit of a, a funny story that, that it's, not, it, it's not funny. It was painful at the time, uh-huh, nonetheless. Yeah. So when I went on my recruiting trip to a and it was Jackie Sherrill's first week at A&M. So I had been recruited by the program previous to that. They fired the coach. They brought in Jackie Sherrill. My parents wanted me to go to Baylor, um, you know, Coach Taft had you know uh, compelled them to you know really kind of drive me towards Baylor uh-huh. University. My dad had gone to University of Texas until he you know dropped out of school and went to Abilene. They Christian. always say
0: you, you recruit the mom or the dad, or you recruit the parents, that's and that, the way that drives the bus. And that
1: that yeah. model, the coaches that that recruited me, Coach Taft, Cotton Davidson, were of the same yoke as uh-huh. as my dad. And so when Jackie Sherrill came in with a mixed reputation, came down to A&M and- um, Where was he before? He say? was at Pittsburgh. He was University at Pitt. Pittsburgh. that's
0: right. It was with all those, with Dan Marino. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. great yeah. coach. Yeah.
1: And and so when I took my recruiting trip down there, I was in his office and he asked if he could fly back with me and, and see my parents. And he said, why don't you call them and tell them I'd like to do so. And my parents wanted me to go to Baylor, so they said, we're busy. Oh. <laughs> And you're calling him on the and phone. And I'm on the phone, a yeah. landline, in Jackie Cheryl's office, <laughs> and I have to make something up, yeah, to tell him that hey, they're they're not available. at this time. <laughs> was that the end of the recruiting process? Or? That was the end of the recruiting uh-huh. process because he saw, mm-hmm. you know, he saw through it, you know, whatever the case. But uh, so I ended up signing at Baylor. Well, when I finished my college career, I was playing in postseason bowl games, the Senior Bowl, and then the Hula Bowl, or, or you know, might have come in in a other order. But Coach Cheryl was my coach, and so after the first practice, he comes up, puts his arm around me, and walks me out. And he says, "You know your your parents are the f- first people that never allowed me to come in their home and recruit their son." And he just winks at me. <laughs> so I was thinking, uh, okay, well he let this you know he let this go bygones be bygones. But I didn't didn't know what the wink was. Well, in the hula ball, he let me throw one screen pass and ran me on like. Ten quarterback, and
0: that was it. Loads, <laughs> right? And It was like, okay, that's to <laughs> that's
1: the wink right there. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. But he, I mean, he was. I I liked Coach Cheryl. I mean, yeah. he had a. Uh, he was a great coach. A lot
0: of people did he was charismatic Oh, I mean, he was absolutely. an incredible recruiter. Yeah, you know? he
1: really was. He was just an unknown entity uh-huh. for the most part when he came down here. My parents were secure you yeah. know about Baylor and so they were doing all they could to drive me that way.
0: Well, it's funny we opened up this conversation talking about the NIL and and it kind of I mentioned it's kind of like the Wild West and yeah. college football was kind of like the Wild West back back then yeah. as far as recruiting was concerned the NCAA it seemed like all the schools were one one step ahead of the sheriff. I mean, look no further than SMU, right? Right, um, and they got. I guess they were when you were at school. A, a lot That's of that right. stuff came down. Yeah, it yeah. was
1: it was known before it came down. It was yeah. known yeah. in the in the athletic circles.
0: Yeah, they, that they were paying players. Yeah. They basically had a payroll.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. What were and you so, thinking? about? Well, you know, I didn't fit the mold for some of the teams, so that the, at the time the game was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had. Uh, you had some teams that were they heavy wish the and stuff. wishbone, oh, yeah. or just coming out of the wishbone age and going into the veer, but it was heavy option. Mm-hmm. I was not an exceptional athlete; didn't have incredible speed, uh-huh. and so some of those schools just didn't see me as a fit for their program. So the the schools that did, and there were some from, you know, from outside of the state, they were more developed in their passing game and so those were the ones that were really focused on me I think also you know for me maybe my dad's reputation mm-hmm. preceded their um how so their recruiting that he was a pretty stern and strict guy uh-huh. and so if there was ever an offer of that sort it was that was going to shut it down the, yeah yeah and so I you know but but it was known you know you didn't know how many teams were involved in it um, you didn't know as much about out-of-state programs as you did in-state, but the ones that, that were really um, aggressive, you know, like SMU, you mm-hmm. knew about
0: that. It was, so you get to Baylor, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. I don't know, you know. I want to give you all the credit, but the team really took off. Mm. Uh, I think you 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 played a lot. Your sophomore, junior, and senior year, you, right. were, you were the sole starter, but you split reps. Yeah, with actually, Tom Mickey, right? yeah, Is that correct? actually,
1: my red shirt freshman year, my sophomore year, my junior year, and then my senior year, I had to you know the the reins. Okay. So, um, red shirt freshman year, Tom had lost his red shirt the year before by playing in three ball games. Uh, oh, the rules wow. were different at the time. Yeah. And so there was that, you know, but he was a a still, you know, kind of inexperienced
0: sophomore at the mm-hmm. time.
1: He and I switched every single play for the first what several years. What the games. hell
0: was that like I, as a quarterback? I, I, Tom Landry did it once, I think, in the late 70s or yeah. 80s, and it didn't work for him. It's really never worked. Right. Uh, and and maybe you can speak to that because you guys did have some success, but what is that like? It, it was so...
1: Tom, it was evident when I came to, to Baylor that Tom was an excellent, I mean, a great athlete, a very accurate. He had thrower. a decorated
0: career in the CFL.
1: Oh, sure, yeah, sure. And he was really, I would say, you know, the particularly my sophomore and junior years, he was the main quarterback. I mean, I was injured a part of the time with muscle pulls and, you know, back issues, and so he played more snaps during those years and was just b- very stable and very productive a uh, better runner than I mm-hmm. was, and so, you know, it worked because I increased my, you know, my ability to run the football and to run the same offense that, you know, that gave us, you know, kind of dimensions as an uh-huh. offense, and, um, and it also the competitive level of always having Tom there and competing against one another was, you know, at, that elevated our game as well, yeah.
0: Um, was he was he disappointed with your presence? Oh man, we were we were both.
1: I'm sure we were both disappointed, <laughs> but we are also just really committed to Baylor.
0: I mean, yeah. we loved. We both. Loved that's the next coaches. level camaraderie. Yeah, to, to, to get along with somebody when you're the quarterback. Yeah. I and mean, that's that's not a role. That's an alpha type of right. role. To do, to share that uh, is atypical.
1: It it is. But Coach Taft was a genius. He made us sweet maids from day one. Really, so we couldn't avoid each other,
0: <laughs> right? yeah. So
1: we learned to appreciate one another because we became friends.
0: That's brilliant.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so I think that, and then also rotating us early on, you know, for the, our first game we played Steve Young and and BYU here mm. at home. Uh, that was the first game that I had played in. Tom had played, you know, as I said, three games the previous year, um, and we were we were alternating play. We won the game yeah. forty to thirty six, partly yeah. because of the. The heat, and you know, Steve Young was running all over the field and got exhausted. And mm-hmm. you know, their last drive ended up. You know, I think they turned the ball over on downs. Part of it was because Coach Taff um, made us alternate plays, so they could advise us on the sideline before each play. Uh huh. And so it it calmed our nerves. It it enabled us to focus and uh, understand what reads we were supposed to go through the progression. And just gave us uh, an edge in that way. As
0: a young man, it's also nice to have a, your mentor, you know, talking to you right before yeah. each play. Right. Uh, I would imagine that. Yeah. That, moves that was in good. We right didn't direction. need that same mm-hmm. coddling,
1: if you will, later yeah. on. And uh-huh. they, they extended it to every three series. And, oh, okay. You know, so that it, that would end up being like a, you know, every quarter. The, you know, you, we would we would rotate based upon quarters
0: almost. And you guys, we're not talking about a five hundred team. Your you, your last two years, you were nine and three both years, and I think mm-hmm. the one year, just looking at it, you were really you, you were in the hunt. You lost a heartbreaker to USC early in yeah. a pouring rain thunderstorm. Yeah. Kicked kick the field goal at the very end of the game. Uh, I I think it was a disappointing loss to SMU, right? Oh, absolutely. But then for you, you lost to A and M by I think a point or two. Yeah, by yeah. one
1: point. Yeah. yeah, when we had a big lead. So, yeah, and really the most memorable games of that season were the losses because mm. we expected so much out of that, that season. Yeah. Um, you know, the SMU was kind of one of those, you know, it was kind of a trap game, if you will. Yeah. I mean, SMU had a really good team. We were playing them at home. They were trying to kick off for a touchdown and got momentum, and we weren't able to recover, and, um, and then – you know USC. We were going in for a twenty-one nothing lead. Uh, fumbled the ball and they returned it a hundred yards wow. uh, for a touchdown, and it just changed the, the yeah. momentum. Uh-huh. Those plays like that are really hard to recover from.
0: Yeah, um, especially in a lower a, scoring game. Yeah, yeah,
1: a, absolutely. With rain and mm. the conditions got sloppy, and so it was more of a ground. What was game. the rain
0: and thunder like in that game? I uh, mean, so I was, it happened during halftime. Okay,
1: so we were in the locker room, didn't know that it was. We, we were. It, given the report that it had rained during halftime it, it only like four, four inches. Yeah. And so uh-huh. the tunnels were flooded. We had to come down the the stands <laughs> and, you know, and walk down the steps and then jump onto the field. And the, the turf was, you know, just saturated. And so you couldn't keep the ball dry. Um, it was very challenging and so it became just a a struggle whoever was going to get a turnover or make a play and they ended up kicking a field goal and. And and beating us, we had we had beat them in the Coliseum the year before when they were number three in the nation. Yeah. And so you know that was a great home in a way. Yeah, that uh, was really cool. I I, I had known
0: about that till I was uh, checking up on you. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. And and you know YouTube's a beautiful thing. You're able to go <laughs> click on and watch a little bit of that. You know right. Keith Jackson's calling the game of Floyd Casey that comes right down to the wire. What was it like to go play at the L.A. Coliseum as a kid?
1: It it was it was neat. It really was. And, you know, at Baylor. So on a regional level, Baylor was known. They had had won the conference in 1980 with Jay Jeffrey and Mm -hmm. Walter Abercrombie and Mike Singletary Singletary, and some really outstanding uh, leaders. And and uh, and so people knew of Baylor. but it was still wasn't a big time program. Right? Yeah. When you see the big brands, it was Texas, it was A&M, mm-hmm. it was SMU because of um, you know the Pony Express, and so those were the real known teams. And so when we went out to the Coliseum, people were holding up posters, where in the heck is Baylor, yeah. Baylor who, you yeah. know, all of these things. And so to be able to go prove ourselves on that stage, we had played the previous week between the hedges at Sanford State in, mm-hmm. in Georgia, and should have won that ball game. Okay. And so that gave us confidence to then go out there and, and just hang in there, compete, and then ultimately win that game.
0: And for people who don't know, I mean, if you're not, it's not the days where you can you can watch every game with the click of a button if you want to go to the digital <laughs> side or something like right. that. So if you, like, as a kid, I, I never saw Baylor, Yeah. you know, unless it was on national TV. And so you had these opportunities to play on the huge stage, playing mm-hmm. on ABC on a Saturday and people become familiar right. with Baylor especially when you win. So how is your career transitioning as you continue to evolve as 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 a player because now you become one of the best quarterbacks in the country.
1: Mm.
0: Well, y- yeah, I
1: appreciate that. I mean, I I think, the you truth? know, <laughs>
0: well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um,
1: you know, that last year was was the first time that I even thought about playing the next, you know, in the mm. NFL. Yeah. And I thought maybe there's a chance, you know um had a a pretty decent year and showed some you know i think some uh balance of being you know athletic enough and and having a good enough arm i was i was not a real accurate passer when i came out of college okay i was able to throw the ball far and hard and you know made the right reads but it, there was a lot of development that needed to happen so that that final year was really being able to to show that more consistently that i was able to you know, for at least that year while there were, there's always injuries in the game and you always play with, with some pain, as yeah. you know, or some... Um, but you man the
0: ship all year yeah, long. Yeah, so
1: that was a, a a great opportunity. Now, we had a we had a great team. I mean, guys that had grown up together, most of us were 50-year seniors at the time, so we mm-hmm. had strong, strong leadership. We had, um, you know, we had the right tools, and that's why the expe- expectations were so high. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, you know, all of those guys, I mean just the camaraderie of the team. Um, you know, we it was a great experience. And then after that, you know, it was the the opportunity to go out and show if, you know, if I had the skills at least that could be refined into being a productive yeah, NFL quarterback. When did
0: you start to get some real heat around you like when you were like, wow, I, I, I can take this to another level.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've, of course, coming from the kid who always doubted himself <laughs> and still does, right? Yeah, Even though uh, I'm not a kid, you yeah. know, it's, it's um, you know, I think I started when when scouts would pull me aside and talk to me and ask me questions and, mm-hmm. you know, try to find out what I'm, you know, what my mental makeup is, what my workout, you know, what my-, my What's the craziest question a the scout asks you? Gosh, I don't know. I can't. I can't remember yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. that far. But I'm sure they were, you know, it, it, you know, a lot of that was just based upon, you know, what did I know about the game, and mm-hmm. what did I think about the game, what did I think about their franchise, or so you start to notice. Like okay, this is yeah. go, this is going somewhere, right? Yeah. And so I, I envision. I think this was wishful thinking. I envisioned San Diego, right? Uh-huh. And so close to the beach, nice weather. Did, had they talked and, you to you know. going into the draft? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And so Houston, I had only been to when we played U of H. Okay. When I was a kid, and we went to the Astrodome to watch the Astros play, and it was, uh, and we got caught in congestion. Even you know, back in the late '60s, early '70s, uh-huh. there was traffic jams in Houston. And right. I was thinking, you know, anywhere but Houston. And then I <laughs> get drafted by Houston. Where were you on draft day? <laughs> Uh, do I? Where, where was where, I? I was yeah. in my condo by okay. myself.
0: Over just which, down here? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it
1: wasn't a big event uh-huh. at the time. And so I'm watching the TV and, uh-huh. and it, you know, I expected from all, you know, all of the intel going up to that point, I thought that maybe second round to San Diego, mm-hmm. but they ended up not drafting a quarterback in that round. You were the, so I, I got it right here. The Testaverde,
0: third. Kelly Stauffer, mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. uh, then Chris Miller, then you. Yeah, so I mean, those are real good quarterbacks. Kelly Stauffer, um, I know him. He's an incredible guy. He, Great guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know so we a got bit? a chance to hang yeah. out at the combine. You kind of remind me a little bit of each other.
1: Yeah, he's he was a real talent. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, it it uh, you know it's amazing how breaks go one way or the other. Sure. Sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's some players are still developing, and they just hadn't gotten the uh, uh, probably the the awareness. So yeah. Rich Gannon would be one on that list who was drafted after me that probably Delaware. St. Yeah, George Prep, From yeah, Delaware. From Philly, yeah. Uh-huh, right. Yeah. He was my roommate at the Combine.
0: Oh, great really? guy. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, a totally different accent, right? Yeah. Hey Bud, hey uh-huh. Bud. How's it going, Bud? Let's go on. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And so and he goes on to win an M V P. Oh, fant- yeah, yeah. fantastic, fantastic uh-huh. player. I mean yeah.
1: just a really fast, I mean a great athlete, Yeah. strong arm, yeah. really smart. Uh he was one of those sleepers that ended up yeah. you know really shining in his moment but a lot of those guys had had good long productive careers test for, oh, yeah, for sure. you know, a long time
0: you get to Houston you're playing for Jerry Glanville yeah. what's what's that environment like i mean you guys have uh your roster is just there's talent everywhere yeah. you went to the playoffs every year you're uh, in the nfl yeah. yeah right oh yeah yeah, yeah
1: starting starting yeah. you know for the first 7 years uh-huh. that i was there yeah um jerry glanville was he he was really um God, what, what interesting is a nice way to put it, <laughs> euphemism for yeah. very difficult to, yeah. you know, at times to play for. Yeah. Um, he was, I think it was a, he's a he genius. He was hard on his quarterback. He was hard on everyone. Okay. He was a, well, he had his guys that would kind of be, they were his patrols on the team. Uh-huh. And they kind of set the tone of the culture. Yeah. And that culture wasn't always easy to fit into. It mm-hmm. uh, It wasn't always beneficial to the team. Yeah. Um, it was a very competitive environment, but it was
0: kind of outlawish almost. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. You know, uh-huh.
1: Glanville's favorite phrase, and he didn't coin this, but he, yeah. but he claimed that he did, was yeah. if you're not cheating, you're not trying.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. right. Yeah. That
1: that was his mentality, mm-hmm. and so we we were a brawling. Um, you know, I would say you know at times maybe the one of the dirtiest teams in the in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have many friends throughout the league and so <laughs> well i
0: remember the clip after a game you guys were playing the steelers yeah. and chuck knoll grabs him and, uh-huh. and he says hey that's you know bullshit whatever you're doing and you could tell chuck knoll was hot and, and yeah. chuck knoll's on his way out and glanville's kind of this up comer, yeah. and you could tell uh, glanville was caught a little off guard by it but uh, that speaks to what you're saying
1: yeah and and glanville was also as a you know of the of the motto or the mantra is it doesn't matter whether they're saying Good things or bad things about you, as long as they're talking about you. Uh huh. Yeah. And that's that was really what he kind of that that's how he got to that position. Uh huh. That's how he kind of elevated the team to be a really tough blue collar team that that succeeded. Yeah. How did when, they? Why
0: did you guys always win?
1: Well, we didn't. Well, right? yeah. I mean, obviously. That's <laughs> point, yeah. So what happens with yeah. the fabric of a team if it's not built on something more than than just that? Um, kind of, you know, and I, I don't want to say outlaw mentality, yeah, no, but it was I, kind I of playing on the edge. Yeah.
0: right. They Is, were attractive as a kid growing up watching the NFL. They were a fun team to, to watch and root for. You go, you play the Astrodome, the House of Pain, you know. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and the crowd was, I mean, tremendous. I mm-hmm. mean, very supportive and, and it the great atmosphere in the Astrodome. Uh, but we didn't have any friends, and we also, when the pressure got to us, you know, or it got heated up, mm-hmm. Then a lot of times you'd find the weakness of the fabric by you know that there wasn't this just structural leadership within the player yeah. community, and so um, some of that was because Glanville always wanted to be the known entity of that team. Yeah, we had a quarterback Warren Moon, Hall was, of Samer, yeah, yeah. that needed to be handed the leadership. He needed to be the spokesperson for that team. Yeah, um, and so that that's where you would see a little bit of the weakness. Um, But at the same time, it was a, I mean, it was a fun atmosphere. It was a, uh, it was great uh, to be successful in that way. Um, And even, you know, I always wanted an opportunity to start, but, you know, sometimes you you don't know how good you have it. Yeah. And, you know, because once you get out there, it's a, I mean, day in and day out, it is a rigorous and violent game. And, you know, I was 188 pounds playing in the NFL, and so it, you know, it would take its toll whenever I had the opportunity to, to fill in for Warren, and then ultimately, my last year, you know, it was just riddled with injuries, uh-huh. and then I was out of the game.
0: Yeah, well, you were ten and four as a starter, I think. For, for like yeah, yeah, until that last season. Yeah, um, yeah. and what, the one you, which you got hurt, but yeah. so you you come in, you're filling in for Warren. The team is again, they're just always they're talked about, they're they're mm. they're kind of featured, Uh and. You know, Jack Pardee comes, Glanville leaves. He so goes. I guess he got yeah. he got fired, right? Yeah. And he goes to Atlanta, yeah. and then Jack Party comes in. Now he was a college coach before right. that. How did how did how, how was how did that transition go?
1: Yeah. So he was at U of H when uh-huh. they were doing the run and shoot. Mouse Davis was. Uh, so were you happy to see innovative. him come on
0: board? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean
1: his char- his character. I mean he was a tremendous um, uh, man. Mm-hmm. I mean just a moral. I mean he he had a great compass. He didn't. He didn't venture, you know, a, a hair's width uh-huh. away from true north. Yeah, um, he was a quiet man, and so you know, again, we we had a pretty rambunctious team. You know, we had, uh, uh, you know, I think he he was uh, he was really good and stable. And so it enabled us to kind of settle in and and kind of know who we were, right? And and it changed the character a little bit. Yeah, the team did um, get a little better.
0: Yeah, mean, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, we had more success. Got to the, you know, just on the cusp. What the hell happened in Denver? Well, in Denver, yeah. and then with Kansas City, <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. with Buffalo, yeah, right. I mean, it. You know, those are the. the you near were on that Buffalo team. I was, yeah. And so I'm, I'm in the record books. Yeah right not in the way that you want yeah. to be in the record bunch. what
0: was that like cody if yeah. you can tell me we've talked about so many of your successes but you feel the walls closing oh in. absolutely you know we're talking Great. about that wild yeah. card game when where did they come back from what was thirty
1: thirty
0: 35 three if i remember right yeah. it was
1: 35 to three at the half
0: and the wild card game and yeah. frank
1: reich so the last it was not the last game of the season it might have been the last game of the of the regular season we played buffalo in the astrodome mm-hmm. And Jim Kelly was hurt. Frank Reich was was the backup. And Frank and I had had run into each other at uh, some uh, faith-based events, mm-hmm. you know, and and really really liked Frank. And Frank came in to the Astrodome, and he was just he was terrible. I okay. mean, and, and this is coming from someone who knows terrible because I was terrible at times as well. But he was just yeah. he couldn't do anything right. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the pressure, you know, was getting to him. So we go back up to Buffalo's two weeks later, I think, if my if my dates are right. And we're playing in Buffalo and Warren Moon is now starting. I had started the game in the Astrodome. Yeah. Warren came in and man, he was on fire. Like he did everything right. Every everyone on the team did everything right. Very few mistakes, no turnovers. Frank Reich was, you know, he fumbled a couple of times, threw a couple of interceptions, you know, whatever however many turnovers there were, uh, it was significant. And so you you, you thought well, they're they're done, yeah. right? I mean, he's had two, you know, bad, bad performances against us, and, yeah. against us already. He's not going to be able to recover from this, and he comes out. We turn the ball over. He starts catching fire. So he had been. I think he's the he's also the quarterback of the At largest Maryland, comeback
0: in college. That's Maryland right, against when he was Miami. in Maryland, yeah, uh-huh.
1: it was even a greater. It was like a 45 point disadvantage. Yeah, I think. So Frank starts clicking on all cylinders. He has that in his past, right? He also has this real ballast of man, this guy doesn't go up and down. Uh His emotions are are really stable. And he just started performing and we started feeling that. As you said, the walls closing Uh in. It's almost a
0: Your brain
1: needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's almost a palatable kind of taste or, a, you know, maybe even a smell in the air, but it... You know, it's not, but it's your emotions and your mind. It just plays those tricks and then you you start panicking. And that's what that's what we ended up doing. We were we were pressing to make one more play and we would turn the ball over. Um yeah, so it was really guy, um, yeah, it was just the most disappointing way that you could lose a ball game.
0: What's the locker room like after a game like that? I mean how
1: you, you want to get in and out of the locker room as as soon as you can. So we get back you know, we fly back to Houston that night and it was, you know, the plane was, you know, just dead silent. It was, um, it was very deflating. I mean, to the point to where you didn't know, can a, can a franchise recover from this? And I don't know that we fully did, right? I think that, you know, the, the next couple of years we had, you know, continued kind of uh, issues on the team, yeah. you know, with personnel, with management. Um, and so that was a Uh, But, you know, I I have to say that the admiration I have for Frank Wright Mm -hmm. after that and then, you know, watching him just the way that he comports himself as a professional uh, is just amazing. And and that had effects on Jim Kelly when Jim Kelly really needed that support. He knew knew Frank was going to be there. Yeah, Yeah. his family and it was Frank. Yeah. And so that was, that was, I mean, as much as you can say, man, I really, yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah, you can go to Frank Reich and that's the kind of guy we're talking about, a kind of guy that can pull off an upset. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So some of the teams now, you actually, the 90, was it the 93 team though, right? That was like, because what was your last year? 94. So 94
1: was my last year. Yeah. So 93
0: was Warren Moon's last year. That's right. So. You guys are so exciting and, and you're supposed to be one of the best teams in the NFL still coming off, you know, mm-hmm. the debilitating loss you talked about. Right. But they go, what, one and four you guys went? Oh, that's right. And so you get called on to start. Mm-hmm. What, was there controversy around around the organization or was it There's, just that we need, we need a yeah, change? Yeah,
1: there was there was a little bit of controversy. Uh-huh. I mean, just it was, it was you
0: Cause know, Because you're playing well time, when you're getting the opportunity. Well,
1: it, and I was, but Warren... Um, you know it, that was unheard of. I mean, it, it was a hangover from the Bills' loss, yeah. right? I mean, uh-huh. it was just this lack of confidence that the that the whole team had, and maybe because it was my opportunity to come in there, you know, and, and kind of spot fill in some of those games with this, looking at it with fresh eyes, right? This is this is my opportunity, and that mm-hmm. was each time that I played. It was kind of prove yourself. Um, maybe I was I was not predisposed to be as, as um uh, you know kind of hung over about it or disappointed and, and have that You're residue looking for your it. shot. right yeah and so I did get the opportunity to play but then I got injured um, against the Patriots on a touchdown run in I think it was the first quarter and so the opportunity comes and it goes really really quickly so I tried to go back out there and and I just couldn't perform and so Warren comes in and and then he starts just lighting it up uh-huh. after that. Yeah, how do you <laughs> respond to that? I mean, you hate and yeah. so, I mean, and that's that's just the skill level that he had. Yeah, was,
0: what was the most, like, dynamic part of, of his ability? Oh,
1: his passing, yeah. by far. I mean, I, I hadn't seen, I mean, Mahomes is in a category all altogether different. Yeah. But it, at at his time, there wasn't anyone that threw a purer pass than Warren. Yeah. And the offense that... That the run and shoot offense really enabled him to, um, I think, to because the innovative opportunity to really find space in defenses that generally didn't mm-hmm. have space in them. It, it also enhanced that. But he, man. I, so I went to minicamp after uh, after being drafted, and we had a rookie camp, and then the veterans came in, and I stood behind Warren. And I saw him throw one pass and I said, man, this isn't, I don't belong here, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, the guy just had, yeah. yeah, just amazing
0: talent. Yeah, so, and then that team, you had amazing talent, but you you had some off the field stuff. I want to ask yeah. you a couple of things. What a, so the, the story about the guy whose wife was pregnant. Sure, yeah, 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 who David was that? Williams. So David Williams, yeah. his wife is pregnant. She doesn't deliver when she's expected to deliver. So he has to miss a game, basically. That's right, that's his son, right. His, his baby is being born and he gets fined? Yeah. Yeah, he Floyd got Floyd Reese was the GM at the time. Or? Well, it
1: Floyd Reese, but that really yeah. went up higher. That was that was Bud Adams, the owner. So were you guys basically. like,
0: w- what the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, everyone certainly you want you want David there, right? Yeah. And uh-huh. if the and and it, you know, if, for all appearances, it it was that he was going to be there for uh-huh. the game. But then when she went in, you know her labor was longer, It's totally understandable. I think everyone on the team understood that. Yeah. Right, and then to see him get
0: fined, it really was. Um, there's really no coming back from that because even if you or an organization and you want to, at some point apologize, or whatever you, you, it's done. Yeah, you've done it, and you've showed that short-sightedness, and yeah, you disas- you kind of there's a disassociation from the players. That's right. right. That's yeah.
1: right. Yeah. So that was a you know that was a but there were several instances. There was a there was a car wreck suicide. Yeah, the on Jeff Alm the thing Jeff was, was
0: yeah, that was nuts. And uh, and, that, and did that happen during the season? That did. Yeah. yeah. So how do you respond from that? This this player, guy from Notre Dame, defensive tackle, was out with a buddy. Of his they get in a wreck. That's buddy right. dies, and Jeff Alm takes his own life. That's right. At the that's scene right. of the crime. Yeah. At the scene of the so situation. Were,
1: yeah. That's right. Yeah. So the and so there were signs that no one you don't you don't extrapolate those signs into real action Uh um maybe you do more so now because we understand mental health issues so much better but there were signs for jeff he he wasn't doing so great i mean it was it was his interaction with teammates it was his threats uh Uh, whenever there was an altercation it was just he he had issues that he couldn't manage himself Uh and so during that that day and age right we weren't as educated we weren't as aware and we weren't as demanding as as we've become for Mm -hmm. you know for getting the right help when needed yeah and so that was just a tragic um instance that you know really i mean we that carried forward i mean just missing jeff jeff on because in his really good moments he was a a Bright, bright guy, very generous individual, but there were those dark moments that 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 and that then carried those dark moments forth in our in our mind, right? And yeah. and there was always that hole in the in the in the team. Yeah. And so it was a really really difficult year. And so at the end of that year, then changes were made.
0: Well, yep, hold on. I don't, okay. At, the, at oh, the end of the yeah. year, I want to ask you because this is a darker, but like you kind of can come out of the darkness of, of that tragedy with Jeff Allman. Yeah, I'm I'm from Philadelphia. I'm a Buddy Ryan guy. Yeah, you know he ends up taking a swing at at, at your offensive coordinator. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, Buddy is one of a kind. What was that like? By the way, I, I was that was he was pretty divisive. I'm guessing.
1: Oh, buddy, was from yeah. day one.
0: Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. how how was he divisive?
1: So you know, it was it was us against them. I mean, it was the defensive side of the ball against the offensive side at that point in time. And it was in practice. It was every single snap. It was there was some sort of a comment or there was some sort of a action from the defense toward the offense, or you know, and then retaliatory, whatever the case. So Kevin Gilbride being the offensive coordinator, and Kevin is a is a good friend of mine even to this day. <laughs> Um, Kevin had been in, um, he was diagnosed with, um, uh, with liver cancer, excuse me, kidney cancer, and they removed a, a kidney and he had been in the hospital and just recovered from that. So during that time, the, the offensive coordinator, uh, was a fill in. And I can't remember which one of the assistant coaches, um, was given that designation. But then when Kevin came back, um, there was no sympathy from Buddy Ryan to you know what he had just been through. It was just back to the yeah, you know, kind of the competitive kind of uh, positioning, positioning, posturing, whatever the case. Whether Buddy was trying to you know elevate his uh, again his reputation so that he became he's the a face little of like good. a like a glanville type yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. what's and Jack
0: party doing to quiet this? So Jack was
1: Jack was a a calming presence in in some ways but he was not someone to intervene uh-huh. he wasn't a leader who was going to come in and just take command of the yeah. situation really really kind individual very very stable you could you could count on him to be uh, a confidant or mm-hmm. an advisor but he wasn't going to come in there and so that that started to grow and fester and, and this so, is
0: a sunday night game if i remember correctly you guys I, are playing the jets I, right thank you right On national tv
1: warren's hurt yeah I'm playing.
0: Um, are you on the field at the time? I'm you guys were winning 14 nothing. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I'm I'm on the field and we're <laughs> we're like three and out, three and out, three and out. And then I think there's maybe a turnover. Maybe I threw an interception uh-huh. or maybe I I fumbled the ball. Whatever the case, Buddy Ryan, you know, yells across. He just you know, why don't you just hold on to the ball and grind it out or something? You know, now he's getting in Kevin's space of <laughs> yeah. you know as the offensive coordinator telling game. him what to do. Yeah. And so then it got you know heated words, and then Buddy Ryan. Did you know that there
0: was a there, a punch thrown? Oh at yeah, I was coming the... off the
1: field when it happened, so I, I might have been the cause of it. <laughs> but at the same time,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, you know Kevin, uh, you know Kevin wouldn't have retaliated in the same way. Yeah, I mean if he would, I mean he had you know he's 20 years younger than buddy, yeah we know
0: buddy ryan I, I know but buddy ryan was you know he was yeah, a piece of work he was yeah. and and great he, coach boy know? he could yeah. get a defense going
1: oh absolutely yeah. 85 bears you know oh, probably and, and yeah. the
0: defenses he had with the eagles were un- unbelievable oh yeah and we had yeah. to face
1: both of those teams at yeah. times we faced him in um, veteran stadium i guess sure. yeah and monday night game or a or a Sunday night game or whatever it was and I was the starting quarterback filling in for Warren and it's you know um you know the the defense was um was just amazing, right? I mean it just every single position and it wasn't just the talent, it was the way that they just you know, the aggressive nature, the um, you know, just the physical um, you know, come thump you sort of is that his Reggie. Yeah uh uh, Reggie White, uh, yeah, Reggie, Reggie White, White. Yeah, 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 Reggie White, yeah, uh, was kind of the anchor of that defense. Uh-huh. But there was talent all the way around. Do you
0: remember what it was like to go play at Old Veterans Stadium?
1: Oh man, it was it was the, the fans were unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> City of brotherly love. Yeah. That's your hometown. Right? It's like you know it, all the all the rumors are true, Dude. right? I mean if you're if you're an opposing team, it's it's great. Uh uh-huh. It's a great atmosphere, a football but it is—it's hard right? to play. Yeah, it's really
0: hard to play. Yeah. So yeah. you guys finished You finished up that last season. I'll let you out of here in a little bit. But no, uh, this yeah, this is fun. Yeah. So you finish up that last season. You win eleven straight, but you lose in the playoffs, I think you won ten or eleven straight, yeah. but you you lose in the playoffs. Yeah. And that's kind of.
1: Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the 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 trigger. Yeah. Right. I mean, eleven straight games, but again, we don't we don't win the games that that really matter once yeah. once the pressure gets to us, and so it was a, you know, it, it was determined over you know the last seven years that now is is the time that hey we got to make a change mm-hmm. because we're just repeating the same yeah. history.
0: So what were some of the changes that went on in the offseason? Yeah, off so that the, there were players that were traded away.
1: Um, it, it really depleted uh, some of the higher end players. Right there was a there was a reduction of of salaries. You yeah. know not. Not in negotiations. Was, there, was that? Was that? Hey, we're going to the...
0: move from from Houston and, and go set our site somewhere else. Or? So I, I don't
1: know if yeah. that was the plan at the time, but uh-huh. if it, but if it, if was, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. Uh-huh. But it was also, um, you know, we don't have as much leverage with the city to get a renewed contract, you know, for the uh, from the city and for the, you know, whatever the entities were there. If we continue just getting to the threshold and never. Yeah, never perform, and so you know Warren Moon was traded to the Vikings and then I was named the starter right yeah. and injured in the very first game that I played yeah in Indianapolis um and so it was it was a and you had
0: to play through injury earlier in the, early in the season right right, right yeah. as
1: much as I could you know so I missed a game came back separated the same shoulder further um you know then it was a torn meniscus, broken nose, uh, you know, it was just a, yeah. a litany of things. And then it was finally a degenerative condition that was uh, that actually dated back to being in fifth grade, playing basketball and tearing a meniscus, which they wouldn't operate on a, a kid at that age. And I don't even know if they'd seen many cases, you know, cases yeah. of a torn meniscus in a, a kid that age but um so it just ended up unraveling i had actually had had been treated when i was at baylor my freshman year which is why i was part of the reason i was red shirted because the meniscus actually came all the way unraveled and so i didn't have a you know a a pad in between my yeah you played
0: all all this time with that well they
1: did a procedure which you know the doctor i remember you know jim Baden, who was the a surgeon said listen this is going to Work for twelve years, and then you'll have arthritis wow. and you won't be able to play anymore. And it was almost twelve years to the day wow. of that surgery that we're playing the Steelers in the Astrodome, and I knew that
0: was my last game. Really? Yeah. So, so you you were able to walk away. Yeah. How, how was how was limping? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, you limped away. <laughs> how sure. did you make that decision? I mean, it must have been they made a, it. They, they made, made it. it. Well, yeah. they let you go, but you certainly could have played. Well, other places, I'm sure you had interest.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I would have flunked any physical just because it was it was known that, you know, they had kind of let me slide under, um, you know, when when given a physical for Mm -hmm. a number of years. They knew about the issue. Yeah, but I was performing. Yeah. Uh And so now it became one of this is too much risk. You know, he didn't perform well during the season. He has a degenerative knee. There's no procedure that's going to be able to help that out you know, it's time to, to cut him loose. Now, Jeff Fisher had assumed the, the head co- coaching position mm-hmm. at that time, and Jeff handled that in a way that was, I mean, it was uh, my gratitude to him. How was so. just being a I mean, he was just professional, he was empathetic. Um, he explained the situation clearly, and he and was just, you know, valued. It just showed that he valued each person on the team whether they were able to perform or not, you know, yeah. and to his benefit or not.
0: Yeah, I and mean, that's so. a former player, a high character guy. Absolutely, which yeah. is
1: you know why he had such a run as yeah. a as a head coach and uh, why people respect him so much. Did you ever think day. about getting in coaching? I didn't.
0: Okay, no. never did. So, what did you? What was your, I guess, goals? Because you work with student athletes now. Who, yeah, they have to come up with goals. Uh, maybe outside of sports, a lot quicker than you did. Sure. You know, off the field and professionally. Yeah. What, what were your goals? I mean, that's a tough transition. It, it was you, tough. You see, you, you see people fall victim to it all the time. That's true. Yeah. So I was 31
1: years old when yeah. I when I finally hung up the game. And so the number of hours that I spent, you know, uh, refining a certain craft, which was, was you know, the, what I loved to do, But there was no—I didn't have any confidence or any awareness of how does this, how do you transition, right? How how do you take what you've learned and transfer that to something else? And so the the I fell into real estate at a time when uh, it was pretty easy in Austin, Texas, to just hold on to a property or to you know to improve a property or to rent a property and then you know, kind of sell it yeah, uh, yeah. a few years down the road and, and do well, and so it was just, I mean, I fell into that, learned a little bit about it, but then also learned how much risk was related to it. Um, during the time when I was really looking at, okay, what what do I want to do, what career do I want to build as opposed to just something that, that uh, earns lucrative. money, yeah. right? Um, we ended up adopting a child who had special needs, who, um, um, we had to travel outside of the Austin area and go into Dallas for all of his appointments it it was uh, demanding for our family and and we kind of were were probably had enough means to, you know to be able to access the right type care. of of care yeah. but but i started becoming interested in working in healthcare within the Austin uh market and because it wasn't because it was that. i mean it was a yeah. growing... it was a it was a nascent. I have a buddy who was who
0: was uh, had a special needs kid, yeah. uh, or, or or severely autistic, you know, and yeah. he was he was a broadcaster in Memphis for the Grizzlies, and this was in the nineties, yeah. and they didn't have the care. he he. Right. he, he Got got a job with another team, and but one of the big reasons leaving Memphis was he wasn't getting the care for Jack that he right, needed.
1: Right, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so the and those so when you have those options, you can make those decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. We could drive to Dallas, and we could understand the the language, and we could you know understand the system. And so I ended up then kind of setting my sights on. I mean, I was in grad school at the time, and then I I set my sights on working in healthcare, and. Um, you know, had a couple of different opportunities. One was local and one was out of the market and decided that I would stay local and work at a pediatric uh, hospital to help develop the service lines uh, for orthopedic, sports medicine, and neurosciences. And I knew nothing. <laughs> I mean, absolutely, I didn't even know what the first yeah. acronym <laughs> meant. And yeah. so it, it was a um, daunting task to just understand just the the, uh, the colloquial, yeah. you know, kind of language, if you will, and the working language, and then the complexities of healthcare, payers, yeah. and and uh, you know, kind of the the different markets and the different, you know, referral patterns and advancement of medicine and how it works within you know these certain protocols. And so, you know, I was amazed at the specialists, mm-hmm. and we recruited a lot of good specialists to come in there and really start providing the care that the the
0: city needed. And so you kind of, you leave Austin better than how you found it, as far as that regard is concerned. Man, I don't
1: know, I I tell you, I was better for it, right? Uh I was better for, I had a a Baylor grad who was my boss, Mm -hmm. COO, she was a nun. She grew up in Waco, Texas. She, so the Ascension was the parent you know, system, and um, and St. David's, which is uh,
0: a, a... I'm familiar with it, a, yeah. a, what do they call it? A, I forget what it's called. HCA. HCA. That's yeah. right,
1: they were in the market. Scott and White was just moving into mm-hmm. the market. We were starting to get the services, you know, aggregated in the Austin area to where it really uh, has grown since that time to mm-hmm. be a real, you know, quality, one of a destination, if you will, yeah. <clears throat> for people to go get their care. And so, uh, you know, I didn't, I, I had, I don't know what impact I had. I mean, I just, I was really, um, did some, phys- you know, recruiting and I did some, you know, kind of help with building out the referral patterns into their sports medicine, which in- included a lot of concussion
0: oh, care okay.
1: and, and the delivery of concussion protocols, uh, even the advisory of when it, when to retire. I mean, and, and that's a tough conversation yeah. to have. But a specialist is better equipped to have that than, than a coach, oftentimes, and so providing those needs within the community. And and so, uh, healthcare is a great space. It's a very complicated yeah. space as well, all the way yeah. from policy, which I worked in a, uh, uh, for a session as a representative uh, before the Texas Legislature, um, uh, working on behalf of a couple of healthcare entities. Really and then went into healthcare business services after that. And then, you know, moving here, um, you know, still working for a company that was not headquartered here. Uh, It just, it was during COVID, our business kind of dried up Mm -hmm. and it was time to make a change. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I stumbled into Startup Waco and and what they were doing, uh, developing, you know, kind of resources for entrepreneurs, you know, financial resources and, access to capital, and then the mentoring aspect of it, which really, you know, I was interested in. Um, I was also interested in just helping out where I could. And then, you know, it just happened. It that,
0: seems like an incredible, like a great fit. It really does. It,
1: it really does yeah. seem like it. I mean, as far as the people are concerned, the, the opportunity that exists there, the, the value that they can give to student athletes at a critical time when when Baylor has to consider, um, you know, the the future, you know, conference realignment, um, you know, the unregulated market of oh, it's so NIL, unregulated, man. Is to just have yeah. kind of a a quality program that that can help um, deliver in the right
0: way. Yeah, right. Not a not a. The coaches need help too. Everybody needs help because, ab- like again, I keep referencing yeah. being from Philadelphia. Jay Wright, Villanova's coach, just walked away, and I can tell you. A great deal of that decision had to do with what's going on. Boy, it, yeah.
1: it, it has become exhausting for coaches. Yeah. Right. As, you know, r- recruiting the transfer portal and the NIL
0: That's that was a thing. It, yeah. yeah
1: mm-hmm. it, together makes it daunting. I mean, why coaches get into the game, you know, I don't I don't think any coach that is probably a head coach today or even a high level assistant mm-hmm. ever thought of getting into the game for the money. Right. They were getting into the game because that was what they loved to do. And that's what they, with the money comes the problems. Right. I mean, and they, you know, it understandable that that money passes through because the TV contracts, the media rights packages are so yeah. big um, that 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 needs to pass through to the coaches and the players, but it needs to be regulated in some way that is fair. And, and right now it's just a very confusing market. And so we focus on what we do, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. we can't control what the other teams are doing. And if we do what the university and the students need, then we feel like we're going to be able to add value to their experience. And ultimately it's gonna be a longer run, right? It's gonna be a um, have more effect on their life than just taking fast money. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you understand someone who is lured by that as well. Sure. Because it, it's not SMU now. It is legal. Yeah. And it's also an opportunity maybe to for change this, their this, trajectory. Yeah, for
0: this point in their life where they can generate this type of revenue. Right. Yeah, That's so right. they do need a guide, Yeah. All so right.
1: they also need advisors, right? They need to be wise with that because that can go away really quickly. Uh, it's also not, you know, if they don't have a long-term plan, it might not help them develop into or the interest or the knowledge of what career path they should take. So trying to provide that. Um, the financial
0: advice and education. Right, that right. a lot of us, I know I didn't get growing Oh, up. I didn't. Yeah. I, mean, I had yeah. no
1: clue when I was you know, 31 years old. <laughs> yeah, you could know, yeah, I mean, yeah. say I still don't, yeah.
0: but you know. Clearly you uh, do. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: a great opportunity though.
0: All right, well, Cody, thanks so much. I'm going to let you get on with your life, but it was a real blast being able to talk with you. I appreciate it. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you got it, man. That was great, dude. We... Vogue Media Sports.